All right, Jabronis, we're back. Another week down. It's a Libretti Podcast Diary Show. I'm your Libretti Podcast Diary Show host, Libretti. Another crazy week. I mean, I don't know what it is about this year, maybe this month or whatever it is, but the weeks are busy. A lot of crap going on. Work never ends. I'm sure you guys are feeling it too. Just know that as long as you stay strong and you follow the big three, you're going to be okay. Uh, but a crazy week. A lot of shit keep popping off. I don't know why I said it like that. Keeps popping off. Apparently, I'm uh, losing my, my grammar skills. Anyway, a couple quick things I want to I discuss that I feel are important to mention or funny, whatever, uh, before we kind of get into it, because uh, we got a lot we want to get into into the junction today. Uh, a lot of good fan feedback I want to talk about. But um, real quick, there's been a lot of um, solicitation for donations to support uh, the people of Ukraine. Now, I'm all about supporting people, good people, and helping when you can. That's a that's a, a, a fundamental uh, moral principle I think people should, should live by and follow. Uh, always trying to help and be better to others. However, comma... Times like these, these situations, uh, and you saw it in Afghanistan and you saw it back any sort of time, there is uh, a situation where people are in need. The opportunists come out of the woodwork. Okay. And with that comes scams, rackets, fake charities, thievery, what have you. So I just this is more of like a public announcement to everybody that if you're if you want to donate or or provide some sort of help and charity to the people actually suffering in, in this situation, uh, do your research before you just blindly donate. Okay, find out where that money's going. Think take take the step back. Pull the LPDS. You know cognitive skills that we've acquired throughout this program, use those skills, take the step back, critically analyze what's going on here, find out where the money's going. Think about why they're asking for just for money with no real explanation. Because if you think about it, when people are you know, fleeing a country, they're looking for, for more than just money. If you give, if you give them money, what, where do they, what are they doing with it? I guess they could travel get some clothes and stuff, but they want safety and protection. So if it if it's funding, you know, moving them out into safer areas or into homes, areas they can live in for the time being, whatever it might be, sure. Or if it's, it's to buy food for for refugee camps that they're hanging out in for the time being, also f- fine. But make sure you're doing your research, because unfortunately, with all these these incidences that happen, you know, throughout our lives, there are going to be people that try to take advantage of that. And they're going to take your money. They're not going to tell you where it's going. It's going to go right in their pockets. OK, we see it all the time. It's it's terrible how people prey on the emotions of others. But it happens time and time again. And yeah, I see I've been seeing it on social media, TV commercials all over the place the past few weeks of all these blind requests for donations. Donate. If you have a heart, you'll donate. And they try to guilt trip you into it. If you have a heart, you'll donate. If, you, if you're a piece of shit, you won't donate. Look, you could be a good person and still use your brain 
Okay, and not be an idiot when you're when you make a donation. Then your donation and your and your volunteer work or whatever it is is going to go to the actual good cause. Okay, so please do your research. I'd hate to see people get scammed. I already seen it, but already, already seen it already. I've already seen it with people I know, or on you know on the internet's people are getting scammed. They're trying to be nice and they're getting worked. Okay, you could be nice but not a sucker at the same time. Don't be a beta bitch boy. Uh, you know, be nice but smart about it. So that's the public service announcement on that. Moving right along, um, there's a controversial bill being passed or being discussed for Florida specifically. Um, I'm not here to talk about the contents of the bill. I think if anybody is concerned about anything like that, as I always say, go and do your own research, look into it, read the actual contents of the bill before you make any sort of opinion. So make it a facts-based, evidence-based opinion and not just what the media is saying and what hosts of late-night comedy shows or whatever guest host shows or talk shows are saying. Uh, they are not the experts here. Just read the, read the bill, find that out. I'm not here to talk about that. The travesty here is whoever decided to name this bill. And I don't know if it's the official name or if it's the, the moniker they're using because it, it's controversial and it plays better in the media. I don't know who created this, but they need to get fired. Okay? Not canceled, but fired, chastised. Something has to be done. They had to be held accountable. The name of the bill is called the Don't Say Gay Bill. Okay? We're 2022 here. Okay? This is supposed to be a bill signed into law that people have to follow in society. And this is the title. This is the official title they think of. The smart people that we voted for to govern us and lead us into, into you know, freedom and liberty and success and improvement as a country or as a state or whoever, wherever we're, you know, we're voting for these quote-unquote leaders. This is what they came up with. These are the people trying to lead us. This is who we voted for. And they can't even come up with an actual good name for a bill that don't say gay bill. It sounds like an elementary school teacher talking to their kids in school when they say so, when they say gay. Oh, Billy, we don't say gay here. We don't do that. We don't say gay. We don't say stupid. And we don't say elves. They're little people. That's what it sounds like. It sounds childish and stupid. And again, I don't know if this is the media creating this just to, to downplay the bill so that people don't like it and, and think it's anti-gay or whatever. I don't know. That could be the ploy. I want to put it past them as, as terrible as that sounds. That's what the media does these days. Okay, they only care about clicks and profits, don't forget. And if that's going to create clicks and profits and viewership, that'll do it. Don't say gay. But honestly, if it's the official name, we got to do better. And it's not like, I'm not saying go do better with the, uh, the legislation. I don't know what the contents of the bill are. It doesn't matter for this point. The point of this is if they can't even come up with a good professional name for legislation, for laws that they're trying to write, I can't imagine what's in the contents of these damn things. There's absolutely no trust in the law being any good if, they, if, they, if they're pushing out publicly that this is the name of the bill they're using. Now, again, this could very well be just a name the media created just to cause a stir. And I guess they got us. They got me. They caused the stir. But 
we got do better. Whoever came up with this, do I mean, shame on you. Don't say gay. Give me a break. Grow up here. All right. That's it. That's 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 it for the rant about stupid politics and uh, malarkey. Um, got a good show coming up. A lot of good feedback. I almost debated on doing a two parter because I got so many feedbacks, if you will. <laughs> so many fan comments. Uh, it was great. But we'll get right into it. We'll step into the cage. Okay, let's run. All right. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by the NFL's all-new gambling app, the Double Standard Sportsbook. For all you players out there, sit in the bench serving your two-game domestic violence suspensions. Well, now you can make some money in the process. With the Double Standard Sportsbook app, you can place exclusive prop bets like which NFL rules Commissioner Roger Goodell will actually enforce or what money-making schemes will he focus on next. And because it's a mobile app, you can place these bets while you're dragging your unconscious spouse out of the elevator after you knock their ass out. So to get the sports book today, hit the app store and download. And if you use the promo code fat, stupid fraud, you can get 2.9% off your first bet. These are the sponsors, folks. So we got to deal with until we get some real sponsorships. Got to sell our souls to the devil himself. All right. Cage fact. Did it, he did an interview recently. Now, this is the interview was more focused on his upcoming movie that's coming out uh, in a couple months in April. Um, unbearable weight of massive talent. We've talked about that before. Uh, plenty of more facts to go on that. I could talk about that one for hours, but I'll spare you there. Um, but during that interview, uh, he was asked a question about the possibility of making uh, Face-Off 2 and National Treasure 3. And without explicitly saying so, he pretty much shut the door on any opportunity for National Treasure 3. And while disappointing, uh, it was, you know, it's expected. And also, I don't blame him for, for his thoughts and opinions on it. He was talking about how, you know, he's heard a lot of talk about it, but there was never really anything official or any, anybody approached him about it yet, you know on the official side of the house, which makes him think it was just a bunch of talk. Uh, and he said, and after 14 years, he's, you know, what's there to do? It's just going to be a money-making thing. And, and unless they take in 14 years to come up with a really damn good story and a good plot, uh, it's just not going to be there. Um, he was a little bit more open to the idea of a face-off too, because he said, if, you know, would the movie be action-packed and, and great? Yeah, for him to do and fun. but no one's approached him on that either. And it's also going to be tough uh, to, you know, to hold a candle to the first one because John Woo did the first one. The second one's not going to be like him. Um, apparently, if they do it, we, we discussed this, you know, months and months ago, sometime last year, I think. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But he gave a realistic like update. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen, which, again, while sad is for the best because we don't want shit movies just for the sake of nostalgia or profits, because that's what Hollywood's been doing these days. And we're getting tired of it, frankly. So, all right, that's the cage fact. Thank you for uh, whoever submitted that one to me. I appreciate the update. All right. Spinning on the, uh, the junction logo here, moving on to the junction. We got 
a, a good one. I got, again, a lot of fan feedback. Uh, we got a, a, what I would call a Stugats of the week, if you will. Stugats? Fucking Goomba trash. Uh, because there's always, there's always that one person, guy or gal, in your office that just uses cliches to death. Those weird phrases or sayings that are just so easy to throw away and, 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 and sound good. So make it sound like you know what you're talking about. And uh, you're a hard worker and people love you for it. And and really, at, it's garbage. I was going to say really at the end of the day, it's garbage. But that's another that's another saying that's a seem, you know, it's overused, in my opinion. Um, but you guys provided uh, tons of feedback on this. Uh, endless amounts of, of phrases and sayings that we've all heard before. So I'm going to try to list as many as possible. We'll, we'll touch on a few uh, more hard hitting ones that really grind your gears. And that's another one. I, that's the thing is they become so prevalent in life that everybody uses them. And we don't even we don't even realize it anymore. And I find I, I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. I'm guilty of it, too. Uh, you can ask anybody at work. I try to minimize it or I try to caveat at the end. If I catch myself saying it, I'll finish a saying and I'll say something like, oh, for, you know, for lack of a better phrase there, uh, which has also become cliche a little bit, too, because. The more you say something, the more cliche it becomes, especially when it, when it's these weirdo sayings. Um, but there are, there are the ones we hate. There are some we like. I will get that out of the way. There's one I like. I saw. I heard this, and I've used it before on the show, I believe. Someone, someone called me out for it. Um, it's from the original movie, 12 Angry Men, uh, a black and white film about these uh, 12 jurors uh, doing jury stuff to, you know, on a crime. And... Uh, and this one of the jurors was like an ad man from from Madison Avenue, an old timey uh, madman type of guy. And um, he actually explained this saying where he said, you know, sometimes when we're looking for ideas, uh, we tell people to just say the idea how, you know, how we tell them is we tell them, let's throw up the flagpole and see who salutes it, which is a silly, stupid line. And it's very difficult to kind of like sneak into a conversation organically uh, which is why I enjoy it so much. Most people are not abusing the hell out of it, which is good. It remains uh, a little bit more, you know, has got a little bit more integrity in that regard. But I always thought that was a funny scene in that movie. Um, and I like that saying it's, it's again, it's stupid and silly. Uh, and it gives, you know, at least people with that, like questioning look like where, you know, where this guy pulled this out of um, my ass. I pulled out of my ass and I'm proud of it. So um, but there are most of the sayings we hate. And I'll go through the list, you know. I tried to list out or I tried to print out or show display on my computer over here. Um, just everybody had multiple sayings and phrases that they were just, they just despise and are tired of hearing at work or in life. Uh, so I'm going to try to read them all out. Again, I'm going to touch on a, on a few of them, a few of the more popular ones. Um, so this guy right here uh, wrote, he hates, uh, make sure we're in lockstep or make sure we're lashed up on this. So that's the saying, make sure we're in lockstep or lashed up. I'm not sure where that originated from lashed up um, or, or lockstep, I guess, because when you're marching, you're in the same step and you want to make sure you're synchronized. And, uh, and, and uh, here's another one working on the same sheet of music, but it's an annoying phrase. Just find a better way to say it. You know, it's when people again, here, we'll, we'll go back real quick before I continue on this list. When people continue to use these overused phrases, it takes away from the credibility of their discussion topic. And some of them, as soon as they say it, 
you you already you immediately kind of tune out the rest of what they're going to say because you know it's it's hogwash it's malarkey uh like this one here uh i just want to piggyback on what this guy previously said so piggybacking here's the thing about piggybacking which gets me so infuriated the nature of piggybacking is that you're essentially just doing the same thing the previous person did i'm jumping on top to add the same thing so you're not adding any value okay there's nothing good about piggybacking so when you actually say that you're about to do that you're already you're already setting yourself up for failure nobody's going to listen to you nobody's going to take what you say uh seriously you're just going to tune people out and people start to start to hate you for it What's the word I'm thinking about? Not so much hate. Damn it. What is the word? Not disdain. You know, you know the thing. Anyway, they, they, they start to, uh, to not hold you credible anymore. When you say, I'm about to piggyback on this guy, all you're doing is you're just going to repeat the same words. That's what, that, that's what that means. I'm going to say the same exact thing as this guy said, but in a slightly different way with no added value because I'm a me monster and I have to hear myself talk. That's what that's saying. There's really no other way people interpret that, unfortunately. So even if you have good intentions or you think the way you're going to you're going to describe something is more effective and will resonate with people, it doesn't matter. Once you once you say that stupid saying, you're done. And most of the time, the people who are saying that have nothing of value anyway. Regardless of whether it was going to be effective or not, it's usually not effective. What you're going to say is garbage. You're a me monster. You're looking for attention. You're just trying to get the spotlight for an extra 30 seconds so that you can feel important or whatever you got to do. And then you and that's what you do. That's what happens. And nobody listens to you. You lose respect. You're you become a real problem. And then people associate you with zero value, with adding nothing to the conversation. So if you're doing that and you listen to this show, don't do it. Stop doing that. If you find yourself having to say, let's piggyback on this, you, you should assume the next words out of your mouth are not going to resonate with anybody. They're going to fall on deaf ears. That's another saying. And, and whatever you were trying to get out of the conversation, you will not get. Okay? So take the step back. Turn, turn off your ego and your pride. Look, in, look inward and realize you made a big mistake by saying that because now nothing you say after those words will, be, will mean anything to anybody. You're just going to anger people. All right, moving on. Here's another one, a stupid one. Bloom where you were planted. Yeah, thanks. Where If I'm, if I'm planted, do I have a choice? That's where I got to bloom. I don't know where that started, but it's whatever. Some asshole started it. Don't judge a book by its cover. Very easy. Again, one, you know, once again, a very, a very easy, logical thing that started out as a, as a, you know, something that made sense. Yeah, you're right. I want to read into this, and, and I don't want to just judge this person uh, by the surface. But it's become wildly overused. Uh, let your hair down. What does that mean? When when people let their hair down, that doesn't necessarily mean anything but the fact that they're letting their hair physically down. Now, I know the saying is supposed to be like, relax, let your hair down a little bit, because the idea of letting your hair down after work, um, it means you're in a more relaxed state. You're not you're not keeping it tight and uh, professional for whatever it is you were doing before. Got it. Don't need the saying. Thank you. I don't even have hair. 
What am I going to let my chest hair down? It's already down. Okay. It's to can't go farther down. It's too much. Next one on the list could always be worse. Now, I've said this before to people in a meaningful way, and it is tough to, to actually uh, show that you mean what you mean this when you say this because you don't want it, you don't want it to come off as that you're being dismissive of this person's problem that they're, they're coming to you. Usually you say this saying, uh, it could always be worse when someone has an issue and they're, and they're mad about something or sad or they're, they're down on their luck and you say, well, it can always be worse. Um, so I know the intent is good, uh, but the person that is, is presenting you with their problem and is in a, an emotional state doesn't want to hear that. And I've learned that and I've tried to grow from that. I still find myself almost saying it, uh, especially with people who sort of use that victimhood approach, who they don't really have those big problems and they just like to complain. So they find things to complain and bitch and moan about, uh, which, is, which happens all the time. Uh, I've done that too. Sometimes I like to complain just to vent and get out. And I know something funny and entertaining and self-deprecating will come out of it. So at the very least, I'll provide some sort of, of uh, de-stressor and laughter in the, in the workplace or wherever I'm at uh, just by my quote-unquote fake complaining. Because I don't really mean, you know, I complain a lot, but I don't really actually think so negatively. It's more for venting and entertainment. But people do that, though. They'll complain for the sake of complaining so that they can feel like a victim and people will give them sympathy. That, that's what they think anyway. And then you throw that line out there. Ah, it can always be worse. That's how I, that's when I usually use it. When you kind of know that someone's just looking for the attention and you're just like, ah, it can always be worse. Just leave me alone, really. Um, but for someone who has a real problem, think about it this way. Let's put things into perspective. You're, what, you've, what you've gone through in your life uh, might be a terrible thing. Let's say you uh, survived an accident or your best friend passed away like in your arms or something like that. That's a terrible thing. But somebody is now complaining about how they broke a nail. But that's the worst thing that's happened to them. So the worst thing that's happened to you is you, you lose your friend, you're going to react a certain way, right? Well, they're going to react a certain way for the worst thing that's happened to them. You're both going to, you know, you're you're both going to react like it's the worst thing, whether it's whatever it is. If that's the worst thing that happened to that person in their in their world, that's it. They have no other nothing to gauge it on. There's nothing else worse that's happened to them. So they're going to be sad and react in, in in a certain way, just like the same way you reacted if you lost your friend. Now, it's easy to just be like, hey, other people have worse problems. I just lost my friend and all you're crying about is breaking a nail. Well, to them, that's the worst thing that's happened to them. So you got to put that into perspective when you're when you're listening to people who have genuine problems and are, and are looking for guidance and, and someone to listen to them and a shoulder to cry on. So before you dismiss them with a, hey, it can always be worse, think about that. Um, so that's a saying that, has a lesson in it as well. So think about that before you just flippantly use that one. All right, keep it going on the list here. Got a lot left, not even close to done. Comfortable being uncomfortable. I get the premise of that, but I, if you think about it, step back. This is the lesson here in all this. Step back and think about these before you say them to realize how kind of nonsensical they are. Being comfortable, be comfortable being uncomfortable. That means you're going to be comfortable. 
You will never be uncomfortable. It doesn't make any sense. So just say, be comfortable. Whatever you're doing, find a way to be comfortable in it. If you're comfortable being uncomfortable, you, you in turn become comfortable. The, the completely uh, mitigating or, or eliminating the purpose of being uncomfortable in the first place. It doesn't make any sense. The words don't jive. The logic behind it is flawed. There is gaps in it. It doesn't make any sense. So when somebody says that, if you have uh, if you have the ability to gamble, if you know you're maybe not going to lose your job, if you push back, I'd ask the question, like, what do you mean by that? Because if, if I'm comfortable being uncomfortable, then I'm never going to be uncomfortable. So why are you even telling me that? See what they say. They won't have an answer. They won't. Because, again, most people who are, who are flippantly tossing out these phrases and these cliches are just doing it because they heard the buzzword, the buzz phrase, and they said it sounded cool to them, so they're just going to toss it out there so they also can sound cool. But throw the egg on their face a little bit. Ask them about it. Hey, what, is, what does that mean? They won't have an answer, and then you'll win. If you like the passive-aggressive stuff, you'll win, um, but I don't recommend it unless you're doing it in a joking manner with a friend. Uh, because again, you don't want to be a shitty person. That's rule number two of the big three. Don't forget that. All right, moving on. This is one I've never heard before, but apparently it's in this person's uh, common vernacular, or I guess in their workplace. It's let's not boil the ocean. Also another stupid one. Doesn't like I get again, let's go back to the premise. I keep saying again, stop it. Going back to the premise, boiling the ocean, it'll, it'll, you'll never be able to do it. It's too much, too much water to do. So they're saying, don't waste your effort on, you know, on something that's impossible. Got it. It's a stupid saying. Let's not. No one's realistically even considering boiling the ocean. Think of something better to say and more effective. Just say, stop wasting your effort. That's pretty good. Try it sometime. All right. Um, this person submitted. Uh, it was more of like a conversational response that that she hears on a regular basis. When you when you meet a new person and in, in usually in business and they say something like, oh, I heard a lot about you. So if you're doing like an interview or if you're meeting some, you know, a friend of a friend, oh, I heard a lot about you. And then their response is, oh, I hope all good things. Ha ha ha. It's not a, it's not so much a workplace phrase, uh, but it is a cliche thing that most people say. When someone tells you, says to you, I heard a lot about you. One of the first things you think about is like, oh, I hope all good things. And you, you do the little elbow, <laughs> the chuckle. And the, it's look, it's tired. It's played out. Everybody knows it's coming. Think of something. Think of a new response. Think of something better or just say, oh, cool. Thanks for talking about me behind my back. Whatever, whatever it is, just stop going back to the same thing. It's annoying. It's like, yeah, no shit. You want someone to think only like hear only good things about you. If you're a good person all the time, you won't have to worry about it. You won't even have to say that saying. That hope would not be there because you'd be confident that, hey, I'm a good person, so I'm sure they always said good things about me. But that's not how it is in real life because people got to throw out the cliche sayings, whatever it is. Got it. Don't say that saying anymore. What else we got? Here's a good one. At the end of uh, conversations uh, or usually just conference meetings or whatever, at least on the military side, you hear anybody have any saved rounds? Now, again, this is a military saying predominantly what it means is, does anyone have anything else they want to discuss or say that they were holding until the end of this meeting? 
of saved rounds in combat means you got extra rounds of ammo saved up for for the end in case you need it. The Alamo, if you will. Um, however, predominantly the people who are saying it and in the in the in the forms they're saying it in completely doesn't make sense. Nobody in that room even knows what a round looks like. Okay. Especially if you're talking about a bunch of like military officers and we're sitting behind long Oak conference room desks with nice fountain pens and executive assistants and secretaries wearing their, you know, their, their iron uniforms, having, having forward deployed to a combat zone in over a decade there. they have no save rounds. Okay. Spoiler alert. They don't know what a save round is. Okay. Use a different saying. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to discuss before we end this meeting? Boom. Done. Moving on. You don't have to pretend that you're, you're combat ready. You're tactical or anything like that. It's, it's nonsense. We're not. I'm the least tactical combat ready person I know. What am I going to go in there with a flak jacket and a helmet? A couple of rounds in my pocket. I got some save rounds. I'm ready to rock and roll to show you this slide deck, this PowerPoint presentation I made. I mean, give me a break here. I don't know why that gets me so hot, that one. Anyway, let's keep going. A lot of moving parts. That's another one. A lot of moving parts. Got, yeah, got it. There's a lot of, in this particular situation or whatever this process is, there's a lot that needs to happen for it to go down successfully. Good. I just picked, I just figured out a better way to say it for you. Stop saying that saying. Uh, another one is very predominant in the military. Shut up in color. It's especially predominant for the younger, like enlisted, the newer guys in the military who just all they have to do is sit there and take orders. They don't want you to ask questions. They just want you to shut up and color, which is both uh, nonsense from like the human progression perspective and uh, demeaning as well, because we all know that mostly just children color. Now, you can there's a lot of adult coloring books out there for therapy, and those are pretty cool. And there's a lot of artists out there that color uh, for art. But the the meaning of the phrase is really it's a demeaning phrase for you to shut up. Don't think for yourself and just follow these orders. Uh, So when you say that to somebody, that tells me that you are not a good enough leader or supervisor to be able to enable that person to think for themselves and work independently and still and still get the job done, whatever it is. You want them to sit there blindly and listen to your orders and follow your rules without any explanation or reason why. Not a good look for that person. So stop saying that. Another one here. I don't have a warm and fuzzy on this one. Don't have a warm and fuzzy feeling. Well, since when is a warm and fuzzy feeling a good feeling? Why does that, that saying become a synonymous or associated with, I want to feel good about something? What was the last time you sat there and started feeling warm and fuzzy and were like comfortable with it? And like, this is a good thing. If I start feeling fuzzy, I'm going to the hospital. I'm calling my mother. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to feel good about it. So how did it even become a saying to associate? Like, I got a good feeling about this. Just say, I don't have a good feeling about this. Warm and fuzzy is just very strange. Imagine somebody sitting right there is like, oh, I'm so warm and fuzzy right now. I feel great. Like, I'm not associating with that person anymore. If you say that 
you're likely some sort of a, a sex criminal or a creepo or whatever. I don't want to feel good being warm and fuzzy. What does that even mean? Give me a break. Got to move on. All right. Next one. Long pole in the tent. Another one. The the I, I think the the explanation behind it is like. This is the hardest part of the process. This is the long pole in the tent that we got to get through to be able to to complete the rest of this mission or whatever it is. I don't know. That's I'm just speculating. And that's because of, because of how people have used this saying. But go look at a tent these days, a modern day tent. There is no long pole. They're all the same size pole. The only time you have a long pole, and I guess maybe this is why it's still like this, this makes more sense than anything else. Anytime you have a tent with a long pole, predominantly they're circus tents. They're the old timey Barnum and Bailey circular circus tents with the long pole right up the middle of it. Suggesting a circus act is, is coming. So if somebody says the long pole in the tent, you can, you can make an assessment that whatever they're trying to do, where they have to explain something with that phrase, it's going to be a circus act and you should want no part of it. You should at least push back and ask a question. Why are we doing this? If it's going to be end up being a shit show. So think about that long pole in the tent. Doesn't make sense. Nonsense. Speaking of nonsense, here's another one. Stand by to stand by. Wait to wait. Hurry up and wait. All those sayings mean the same thing. Again, most of the time you hear, I hear them in the military predominantly. And this was submitted by a military brother in arms. Sorry, I got an itchy head here in YouTube, though, if you're looking at me dicking around back there. But just, just say stand by. Just wait. I don't know any more information. You're going to have to wait until I get information, and then I will provide it. Stand by to stand by. Got it. Like You're a cool guy for, for using the same word twice. Give me a break, dude. Uh, another one that I absolutely hate, and this is sort of another uh, cowardly way out of being, you know, uh, a good leader and and providing uh, insight and that why factor to doing things, um, or to be able to have a tough conversation with somebody. When somebody tells you to do something shitty, uh, or they take your leave away or your time off or whatever it is, and they say the reason for it is needs of the the needs of the company or the needs of the mission uh for us it's needs of the air force so you have to go do and it's it's always something shitty and instead of giving you a real reason and and being transparent and here's another saying i hate the open kimono they decide to hide all needs of the air force sorry you got to go work in iceland by yourself in this remote assignment without your family for two years. Uh, sorry, needs of the Air Force. And when you ask them, what are the needs? They don't have an answer. There's no real answer. The answer is they have a, a position in there that some asshole general thought was important because he needed a promotion. So he created this position and said it was a requirement and a needed position. And now we have to fill with somebody. And now some other poor asshole has to go fill that billet, that job, and do that shitty role and sacrifice him, his, you know, his life and his family or whatever for that because of it. But they won't admit they don't want to admit it. And I'm sure it happens on like regular civilian companies and businesses, too. They have you do some shitty work or they take, you know, they take your weekends away and they have no real reason. So they say, oh, needs of the mission, needs of the company, because they don't want to admit the dog shit reason why they want you to do it. And it's really also because they don't want to do it themselves 
because they're a poor supervisor, poor manager, poor leader. So they have they dump the they dump the responsibility on you, and they just use that bullshit excuse needs of the company. Uh, and I really that really chaps my ass when somebody says that. Uh, another one. This is not so much work related, but it's sort of life related. Uh, when you're dealing with like losing maybe a friend, or you break up with someone, you have a bad date, and someone just goes, "Oh, there's plenty of fish in the sea." Yeah, I, I guess mathematically you're right. Seven billion people on this planet. There's plenty of options out there when it comes to making new friends or finding a significant other. Uh, but again, that's one of those throwaways like, oh, it could always be worse that in that moment, you're not looking for that. You're, you know, most of the time you're looking for some sort of uh, shoulder to cry on or just somebody to be there and listen to you. Um, because sometimes people just want to just be sad and they need to vent to get it out. And they need someone who's going to be uh, who's going to listen, not try to solve the problem or not not flippantly throw away your problem with, oh, there's plenty of efficiency or could always be worse. So uh, if you said that in the past, think about it, you know, and uh, think think about your how you come off when you when you toss that one away, unless it's again, it's someone who's looking for attention, then it's a different story. All right. Another one I don't like. I don't know how many people have heard this one, but I hear it at work constantly and only like two or three people say it, but that's the most annoying. They're the most annoying people. And they say writ large, W-R-I-T large. I don't know what it means. Like I know writ of habeas corpus. Uh, I know the origin of the word writ, but writ large, like it's at large. The company at large. I don't know why writ large is even a phrase. There's a lot of phrases out there that are just this, they, they mean the same exact thing, but somebody wanted to sound cooler and more professional or, you know, smarter, more intelligent by saying it a slightly different way. This provides no added value to saying at large or to explain whatever, whatever writ large is supposed to explain. It's just writ is an uncommonly used word. And it, on the surface, you think you sound more intelligent and cooler and more professional. You don't. You sound like a clown. So don't say that again. Another one I hate. Let's level the bubble on this. Now, there was some heavy debate with some of my friends and coworkers on where the where the origin of this came from. And I'm, I'm kind of slapping myself in the face for I looked it up to find out the actual history behind this and where it all came from. Uh, because it's such a simple, obvious uh, origin. But I thought and a bunch of us thought that it had something to do with with the Navy and the sea people in the Navy and something with like leveling the bubbles on like submarines and have they had to do that for some sort of uh, a sea people thing that they do in the water. Uh, and it's not at all. In fact, it's so simple and stupid. Again, I'm embarrassed and ashamed that I didn't think of it beforehand and realize it beforehand. But everybody has seen um, an old school level when they're like putting pictures up in their houses or they even had the laser levels these days. But whenever they're doing something, they want something to be level. They have those old school levels that have the little um, like cylindrical glass. How you doing in the middle with some fluid inside and you want the bubble to be level and in the middle of the two lines on that cylinder, that little glass tube, because that means the whatever line you're going to make or picture you're going to frame and put up there or hang up there, not frame up there, hang up there is going to be level and not going to be crooked. 
You're leveling the bubble. You're literally leveling the bubble. It was so stupid of me to, to forget about that. I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed, but I'm also willing to admit it so that we can learn and grow. So level the bubble. That's where it came from. It's not from the sea people. Here's another one that I got from work as well. This guy, heavy debate on this. Okay, so this guy at work said, I know we're all champing at the bit to get after this problem or whatever it was, get after this mission, but we got to slow it down and think through the process or whatever, blah, blah, blah. As soon as he said champing at the bit, pretty much everybody in the room stopped to stop the conversation and went right back to that and said, hey, that's not the saying. That's not how you say it. It's chomping at the bit because it's like the horse chomping down on its bit to get to do horse things. Whatever, whatever the reason why horses have bits to chop on, that's why. Well, do we have egg on our faces because we looked it up and the original saying was, in fact, champing at the bit. I guess when it comes to horses and bittery, when you when you chew down on the bit in, hor- in, in horse horsery, you you're champing at it. It's it's when it comes to bits. You champ at bits. You chomp other things, but you champ at bits. And I don't know exactly why that's the case, but that is the case. I don't, I, you know, you have to ask Webster's Dictionary why it's champing bits and not chomping bits. But the the saying sort of just devolved into chomping at the bit because that's a more common word. Chomping makes more sense in common vernacular because we chomp like people chomp a lot. Things, you know. Animals chomp, um, so it made more sense on the surface. But if you go back to uh, horsery and what bits are and, and how you do anything to a bit is you, you champ it. Uh, so I apologize for getting that wrong, but that's another saying that people say all the time, chomping at the bit, um, which is even funnier now knowing that they're saying it wrong. And also the people are saying it, they're not eager. They're not chomping at anything. Uh, they're not eager to do anything. The, the term is used to say like you're eager and ready to rock and roll and trying to aggressively pursue something. But most of the people saying it are not the type. They're the lazy type. So, um, And you're wrong. It's champing at the bit. So who knew? Um, here's another one, a new one that I got from an unidentified woman who's married to a cat. Uh, at her her office, This somebody created this term, data wins wars. And apparently... This person at that company is completely beloved and everyone's you know, in love with this dude. They think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's another saying that people overuse. Uh, and whatever he says you know, is gospel. And that's another one. Damn it. And he started saying data wins wars in this company. Now, a couple of things with that. First of all, the company that they're in is like, I don't know, insurance or something. They're not doing anything related to wars. So they don't even have to win wars. So the fact that they're using that phrase because it's become common, I guess, amongst their office, the reason they're using that phrase doesn't even make sense. Again, they're people pretending that they know anything about combat and wars and how to win them, just like saved rounds. The people who are saying it clearly are out of their element and have no clue what the hell they're talking about. Second, Data does not win wars, okay? Highly trained, combat-ready, 
animals and savages with top-tier, high-technologically sound weaponry, they win wars. That's what wins wars. Now, you can argue, well, intelligence helps win wars. Intelligence is technically data. I got it. If you're going to argue that, you're a weenie, and I don't want to be you know, associated with you at all to begin with because now you're arguing semantics and technicalities, and that's not the point here. Big picture is wars are not won with, simply with data, and they certainly not won in the insurance world or whatever the hell they're doing that has nothing to do with military or defense or national security or anything like that. And the fact that people are just so blindly like, oh, I love this saying, I'm going to use it too. data wins wars in that in that environment is a joke. And those people ought to be ashamed of themselves, too. But they're so clueless. They don't even know how to be ashamed of themselves. They don't even know that they should be because they're clueless. They think they're so busy winning the wars with data. Well, I don't know what wars they're fighting. But they're they're certainly not going to win any wars that are that have been going on the past 20 years. That's for goddamn sure. So. If you're part of that company and you're listening, I encourage you to push back and ask that jabroni what the hell he's talking about and why he thinks that's going to win wars to begin with and what wars are we trying to fight here? All right, keep it going. This is another one. This guy just threw out a whole bunch that I guess he hears at work all the time uh, that everyone has. We all heard these are very common, I think. Um and I, they're they're annoying, and you're kind of tired of it. Uh, another tool in the toolbox. Everybody says, oh, "What does that mean? Like, what if the tool is garbage? What if the tool is broken? A broken screwdriver is not a good tool you want in the toolbox." Uh, don't count your chickens uh, before they hatch, or uh, sometimes sometimes people shorten it to "Don't count your chickens." Okay, got got it. Like I I understand. Just say don't get cocky before the thing happens. Whatever it is, like don't count your chickens. Got it. Whatever. Uh, there's more than one way to blow a cat. We've all heard that. Blow a cat. It's it's skin a cat, dude. Oh, hold on a second here. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Listen, guy, I'm not going to identify who you are, who posted this, but go back to whoever's saying that. And 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 report them immediately. Okay, it's that's not the saying. The saying is not more than one way to blow a cat. You don't blow cats. And if you're blowing cats, you're a sex criminal. You need to be stopped. You need to be reported, arrested, whatever it is. Whoever that is in your workplace, they have to be stopped. Okay, you have to go call them out. You do whatever you got to do. Mount an investigation. Find out why they think that's the case. That's the saying, because it's not. All right. And if it's you who's saying it, fella, you got a problem, okay? I might have to report you. Again, I'm not going to identify you publicly because innocent till proven guilty, but that's not the saying, folks. The saying, the common saying is more than one way to skin a cat, which is annoying because who's skinning cats normally anyway? And the, the only way is to cut the skin off the cat, okay? Now, maybe they're talking semantics of like you can use a, a buoy knife, you can use a potato peeler, uh, you know, you can whatever. There's a way there's different different tools to use to skin a cat or an animal if you want to be more common. But 
there's really not that many ways to, to do it. And I know the, the, the term is supposed to be like, there's a lot of different ways to get after this particular problem and solve this puzzle, whatever. It's certainly not blowing cats. We're not blowing cats here at the LPDS. Okay. I can't believe, I can't believe I read that without knowing the first time I should have, I should have vetted this earlier. More than one way to blow a cat. Listen, guy, somebody in your workplace has problems. And if it's you, go to go get help. Betterhelp.com. Call your local police department. Like, call your priest. Go do something. Okay. That's not the same. This is a family show. We got to move on. <laughs> More than one way to blow a cat. Well, unbelievable. Okay. This final one, there's many more that I didn't mention because, again, we could have had a part two, but there's so many more. This final one might be one of the more infuriating ones and the most common we've gotten next to like the piggybacking one was a pretty bad one, too. This is the most uh, sort of egregious and the one that people hated the most uh, from the fan feedbacks. And that is uh, I'll circle back with you on that. We'll circle back. Number of reasons why I hate this one, too. Okay. Now the intent behind it, the the or origin behind it is that you have to get the information this person's requesting and you'll get back to them with that information. It makes sense circling back to that. However, because it's been so used and abused, it's become absolutely, for lack of a better term, infuriating to hear because as soon as you hear that, you're like, this son of a bitch, this motherfucker is saying this again. Because it's usually the same people that are circling back. Now, you can also say, I want to circle back to this and challenge you on this problem you know, because you, you avoided it one time already. But most of the time, people use it because they don't have an answer. And this is why I hate These are the, the two main reasons why I hate this so much. And I think why most people hate it so much is because it's commonly used by people who don't want to admit, number one, they don't want to admit that they just don't know the answer to a question. And a, and a lot of times, I know on the military t- side of the house, they they try to tell you, don't say, I don't know. People don't want you to say, I don't know. It's not professional. They, they think that you, you don't know anything. You have no credibility. That's not necessarily true at all. Okay? No one expects every human being to know the answer to everything ever. That's, that's ridiculous to think. Even if you're a subject matter expert in something, you're not going to know every single thing. Not to mention, you're not going to have to know every single thing. There are, there are resources out there, phones, computers, other people that you can ask to get information, to get the answers that, that are being uh, requested of you. So this idea of like you don't want to come off as not knowing anything is, is absolute poppycock. And it makes you have to, be, to look worse that you're trying to come off as this know-it-all when in reality, we all know you're not. You're bullshitting yourself and everybody else. To, it's for, the, for what? This facade? This performance to just to look good? Because that's what we've been indoctrinated to believe, that you have to look good all the time? No. Just say, I don't know. I don't have that information. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just a human being. But I will get you the answer. Now, here's the second reason why I hate the circle back phrase. Because the people who are commonly using this, besides the fact that they're taking the beta bitch boy approach of of not being able to admit they don't know something, they never actually circle back. 
They say that, again, as a throwaway excuse because they don't know something and they have no intention to actually find out for you because they know if they say that the person taking in this presentation or these questions or this interview or whatever it is, they hear circle back. Oh, I know this person's going to go and do this. They're a good person. They're going to work hard to get the answer I need. They're always going to find a way to, to get to yes or whatever. Another stupid saying. And when in reality, they're not. They know all they've done is diffused the situation throughout uh, the, visual, the, the, the audible deterrence. Oh, if I say this, this person will just stop bothering me. But if I say I don't know, they might say, well, why don't you know? You should know. And this and that. And I don't want to look bad. So I'll just tell them I'll circle back and then I'll never circle back. There's, there's nothing worse than, than saying you're going to do something and then not doing it. And I know this because I've, I've fallen victim to this in the past. I'm not a victim, but I've been a guy who on occasion has said something I would do and I didn't do it. And I felt like such a piece of shit. For, for not being strong in my word and then, and then someone call me out for it, that's not what you want to do. That's not who you want to be. Do you want to actually have the reputation of, of a useless idiot who not only doesn't know anything but has no desire to actually find anything out and answer the questions and be reliable? Or do you focus more on like the surface level of, I don't want this guy to think I don't know something, so I'll just pretend like I'm going to find out for him. It's a bad look. It's one of the worst looks that you can have in like a workplace or a professional environment or anything is you're all, all talking a badge. Like they said in the untouchables, you're just a lot talking a badge, all talk because you don't circle back. So stop saying the word. And if someone says it, if you have someone you work with that constantly says that and you know they don't call them out for it. I don't I, I still don't understand why we're in we're we're locked into this society if we don't want to make wake waves. That's another stupid saying. God damn it, Libretti. You don't want to create any sort of um negative feelings in the workplace or push back on anything, but call the person out. You might create an awkward situation, a little tense environment, but I guarantee you they're not gonna say that that stupid phrase again, or they're actually gonna provide the information and be a reliable person. You might come off initially as a, as a a negative kind of you know in a negative way. I'm trying to think of the term to use, like a good way to describe that. You might come off as a uh, um, a combative individual, if you will, because you push back and say, "Will you circle back?" Or are you just saying that, or or just call out, say, so "Just admit you don't know." It's okay. You're allowed to not know things, but people don't do that. They don't want to create that weird, not comfortable feelings. Nobody wants to stir the pot, for lack of a better term. I am loaded with these phrases today. I, I told you, I'm a human being too. I told you, they're in my vernacular as well. It's tough. It's tough to get out of them. But nobody wants to be that person in the workplace that creates anything other than good vibes and positive ways ahead and peace and love. You could hold people accountable. That's okay. That's what you should be doing. People should be held accountable, whether it's for their poor work performance, not meeting expectations, or some bullshit throwaway saying that doesn't mean anything to them that they're actually not going to follow up on. You could call people out. That's the only way 
we're going to get better. And if you want to do it in private, so you're not embarrassing them and creating a, an, a, a super awkward, tense, negative, uh, you know, aura in the workplace, go ahead and do it. But you have to have these tough conversations with people. People have to be held accountable. Or no one's ever going to learn. We're going to keep hearing these dumbass sayings. And we're going to keep getting the same level like of garbage performance or no performance or laziness in everything. And in, whether it's in work or what they're saying or their phrases they use, unless we call people out. And again, you could do it professionally and politely and respectfully one-on-one with someone behind closed doors, literally behind a closed door in an office. That's not a saying. And make it happen. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. At least you could say, I tried to hold this person accountable. Instead, people have just said, oh, well, what are you going to do about it? You don't want to say anything, so we're just going to let it go. I am not the kind of guy that to, to, to let shenanigans run rampant if we're trying to get shit done, especially in the military. When, at the, like, when it's all said and done, at the end of the day, any other cliche saying I could sneak in there now, what you're trying to do with your job in the military is to protect this country or win a war, whatever you're doing, for whatever reason. It involves combat and weaponry and bombs and lives being sacrificed and being put at risk for the good of a mission. Whether you agree with it or not doesn't matter. That's at the end. Damn it. At the end of the day, that's what it is. So why do you want that complacency in work effort and in phraseology? You don't. We want to hold people accountable. And that's the big lesson here is it all comes back to the only way to stop these assholes from flippantly throwing away, you know, these throwing out these sayings, these Stugatzes ruining your time at work. You got to call them out for it. Be okay calling someone out and holding them accountable. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. Whatever it is, it's okay to hold people accountable for even something as stupid as these sayings because the sayings indicate something else about that person, whether it's an ego thing, a laziness thing, whatever it is. And we don't want that. We don't want to interact with those kind of people in our lives, in the workplace, in our personal lives. We want, to, we want, better, we want better people to be dealing with. And with that, we'll talk about how to become better ourselves with the big three. Okay? Number one, exercise every day. Easiest thing to do. It'll improve yourself physically, mentally, emotionally. Number two, the toughest one, don't be a shitty person. I, I, I mean, it's so prevalent these days on social medias and the internets and what have you is that people, it's so easy to just be a shitty person to somebody on the other end of a Twitter handle or an Instagram profile because that's all it is to them. It's just a profile. It's not a human being. Take the step back. I mean, it's 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 so disheartening to see how common it is. And on the surface, it's so simple to stop. You just don't hit send. You just don't do it. But I know in reality, it's more difficult than that. So we got to consciously, actively try to get better on that every day. And number three, the most important, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. Okay, and focusing on that, focusing on the good, and the gratitude and the thankfulness and the what have you is, and you'll be and you'll be a better person for it. And if you follow the big three, you will be a happier person internally, and that good will spread to others. 
And if you couple that with holding people accountable and making sure that they also follow the big three, we're just spreading goodness all around and everyone's going to you know, be better off for it. And the positivity will spread faster than COVID's, which apparently is dead. Again, we haven't heard, I haven't heard a word about it in the news. A serious pandemic just stopped as soon as Putin decided to be an ass wipe again. Stopped. Very strange how that works out, but that's how it is. So thank you guys again for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. Um, I love the feedback stuff again. So keep up, keep up that good work. Um, I love hearing you guys' thoughts and comments and likes and dislikes. And spread the good word. Spread, tell other people to do that so that I can hear what they like and don't like so that we can create a better, a better show for you guys, a better environment and culture here at the LPDS for you guys in the junction. And that's what it's really all about. It doesn't do anything for me as far as like, I'm not, I'm not getting any financial gains by more viewership. That's not why I'm asking for it. It's for you guys. And what I get out of it is the interaction. I love interacting with you guys and the people and finding out your likes and dislikes and what you think is funny and not funny. That's where I selfishly get uh, you know, any sort of positive uh, profits off of. It's not financial at all. And I don't care about that. That's what I get out of it. That's what I care about is, is continuing the feedback with you guys and interacting with you guys um, because it gives me joy. It, it gives me the ability to interact and, and converse and discuss things with people who I haven't seen in years, I'm physically separated from, whatever it may be. It keeps the friendship going strong. It creates new friendships and new bonds with people I've never met before. Uh, and that's, I want to build. I want to build our culture, our environment, uh, you know, in a positive way, of course, but I want to grow that that world, our little tribe, if you will. And I don't like really saying tribe because I don't want to be like teams us versus them. I want us all to be one, one team, hippy dippy, how you doing? But that's what I get out of it. So thank you for doing that. Keep spreading the good word. I love you all. Stay strong.